0: Hello, guys, and uh, welcome to the latest MSC Performance podcast uh, with me, Mark Coulson, and uh, Mr. Luke Rogers. It's mm-hmm. been a while since uh, the two of us have podded together. It has. How been long a, has it
1: been? It's been well, Joe Matthews, but that was uh, a group one as a
0: as a twosome. Um, this is nice because we're, we're at uh,
1: we we are, we're at Cassidy uh, rodge We are Luke's flat. For, change uh, of scenery. Change, change of, of scenery.
0: Um, change of scenery. Out of the. Uh, The gloomy office and uh, into the into the uh, the life bachelor pad of uh, St Paul's Square. Yeah, say no more. Um, Yeah, a couple of uh, topics today. Well, three topics we're gonna we're gonna talk through. Um, The first one's going to be based around goal setting. Um, A uh, chat with uh, Mister Mister Clark uh, last week. Uh, Good uh, good pal of mine. Um, Just talking about how since he's retired from rugby like he really doesn't need any specific uh, goals for his training he just loves training and he's sort of comparing that with his with his brother who you know needs a marathon or he needs a half marathon. We're gonna kind of talk about goal setting like in you know internal you know external yeah um, intrinsic extrinsic extrinsic if you like and uh that'll be quite an interesting uh discussion I think um we're also gonna talk a about rpes and loop for this topic because i think you've seen a couple of people at barbell club you know some people overshooting some people undershooting a little bit in terms of how to judge intensity of training really. Yeah, so we'll go uh, we'll go into that and then um, we're going to finish off actually with a complete change of uh, subject and um, we're going to go into the subject of uh kids and strength conditioning um and training in the in the gym sort of you know talking roughly between the ages of 11 to 16 there's been quite a bit of interest um from a lot of people who have contacted us asking about you know the work we do with kids i think off the back of the commonwealth games off the back of probably a couple of things that we've posted with a couple of the young athletes that we've got um there's a real kind of interest at the moment um there's in, definitely in a buzz in the area, thing. There's definitely there is there's something happening, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it was a bit of chat about um, you know we'll be releasing some news soon about us partnering with a with a youth football team. Um, you know, we're obviously looking to do some bits with. Uh, we're obviously sponsoring the ballville First Team uh, rugby at the moment. We're looking to do some stuff with the the kids there potentially, and obviously we do work with the school and all these kind of things. So I think, you know, and, and British weightlifting as well. A um, little bit of chat there about doing some stuff for, for youth weightlifters. So there's definitely a buzz in the air at the moment about, you know, people realising that, they, they, you know, kids can train in the gym and some of those old myths about, um, you know, doing weights and stunting growth and things have been, you know, sort of de- debunked quite. It's definitely,
1: yeah, without getting too much into, well, I guess we could get into the kids things right away. Well, let's start with that. Why not? Yeah, Why not? I think, it's becoming a lot more common knowledge. There's a lot like stuff like Squat University are very vocal about kids taking mm. part in team sports. And I think Squat University has gone from being like a niche page now to being mm. like openly available. It's gone massive, and he's very very positive about the benefits to to children. Yeah. Um, and he talks a lot about the the myth being debunked of of stunting growth. Yeah, and I think that all comes from like the best weightlifters are always going to be short, and the best powerlifters are going to be short.
0: From. That's literally where it's come from. Like, there's not a single study out there that's ever. Yeah. ever, you know, shown that to be a to be a thing. And if you if you think about it, even if you haven't got a, a coaching background or, a, 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 you know, an s background, like if you actually just stop and think about that statement of like, it's like, what is a bargainer, like squash you down and make you shorter? Like yeah. compresses but, your spine for yeah, inches. Yeah, and... exactly. But you, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, I, I think where that's come from is that, you know, people see like top Olympic lifters and top powerlifters and they tend They're to be... Short. Very short and very...
1: But that's where I started playing basketball. Very stocky. Because they're all really tall. So I thought, wow, I'm going to start playing basketball. And then within the months, I'll yeah. be six that's, or seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you become
1: whatever sport you play. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because you talk about... I do to get too far off the top of the kids, but when we was, I was watching the beach volleyball, mm. um, and the one guy in the two positions, there's a shorter guy at the back and there's a taller guy at the front that's kind of defending the net. And the one guy was about 6'10". And the guy behind me was like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair that he's playing. I'm like, But that is literally elite sport. It's life the, people, elite sport, yeah, life. the people that get to the top of those sports are always going to be predetermined and genetically well endowed to it. I could try my best to be the best blocker in the world, and I'm not going to succeed at beach volleyball. Yeah. The six foot ten guy that plays the sport is absolutely going to get to the top. Yeah. And that's the same with the powerlifting, There'll be people that are like six foot five, same with weightlifters that might not quite make it. But the shorter people that, you know, train as hard, it's not as easy just being short making it, but they're going to be more pre-disposition to to make it. And I think people know that now and it's not quite as common as it was. And people think now that, well, yeah, it's getting debunked. And you see everyone now, and people are realising that, especially in America, people at 11 and 13 are doing strength training. And you see the work in, like, Texas in particular seem to be leading it. Their strength and conditioning oh, wow. is yeah. just ridiculous okay. for, like, football. And you see, like, kids doing, like, single leg step-ups. You see them doing variations of cleans, oh. front squats. And it's great to see. I
0: saw this one clip, and it. it's literally, like... Uh, yeah. Was it even a high school? I think they were like even like primary school or something ridiculous. So about ten years old. There's literally a row of like twenty squat yeah. packs and like they're all doing like proper all at the same time, like unracking the bar, empty bar, yeah, stepping yeah, yeah. out, like you know, yeah, proper really techers, It's great, um, absolutely unreal. So is that yeah. with the yeah, the zombie front squat? I've seen them. Yeah, in the I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's and I don't know where, where it is, but like yeah, yeah it's uh, it's unreal. But yeah, you know, like the old um, you know, I'm gonna start swimming because I want a swimmer's body or you know, something like that. And it's uh, yeah, like you say, I think you could uh come back to your volleyball thing, like you could become a uh, you could become pretty good at it, but like
1: I'm never like gonna say, make
0: the one percent. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the same if I wanted to like, you know, be a world class and lifter. It's probably not going to happen. Like I could become good at it, but you know, it's not particularly angled at, you know, uh, longer limbed and, you know, taller, taller people. So yeah. Um But yeah, with the, with the kids thing, I think hopefully now that word is spreading, you know, there's, there's no scientific evidence and, and never has been to suggest that, you know, uh, lifting weights is going to stun your growth. It's just, it's just not, uh, it's just not going to happen. So therefore, Okay, is it you know if it's not going to do that, like what other dangers are there? And you know, I think you know, powerlifting, for example, is uh, um, as, as, as an example of a sport within you know lifting weights has a, a I believe, a very low injury rate in comparison to ninety. 90- odd percent. I I think I can't remember the study exactly, it's but like, I've read something like five
1: injuries every ten thousand hours or a thousand it's, it's exactly. super super it's, low.
0: It's super low and that and, and and this is based around guys who are actually pushing the limits of lifting weights as well, who are pretty experienced and pretty you know and, and, and lifting you know, very, very heavyweight. So the, only, the that-
1: only problem I've got with that, and not to, to contradict you, the only problem I've got with that is when they say, like, what classifies as an injury? For me, an injury is something where you have to modify your training.
0: Yeah, People
1: that lift weights to a good level will always have a little bit of an ache and pain. But yeah. I guess, like, most sports do, like, rugby players will too. So I guess it depends yeah. what their yeah. definition. But, like, you, the injury in powerlifting and weightlifting is super, super low. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially compared to like rugby, where you're getting hit side on. Football
0: is yeah. terrible for it. Yeah. There's um, more external factors, isn't there, with football, rugby? Yeah. The more close it is, the ball, easier it is. The closed yeah. sport, like powerlifting, weightlifting, you're in control. You know, there's there's nothing, um, nothing fighting back. I mean, obviously, you you know, you're lifting. Yeah, <laughs> apart from the bar, but like you know what I mean. There's no external forces that like yeah. coming in at different angles or, you know, anything like that. So. The, the injury rates in football, rugby, tennis, cricket—you know, athletics—much higher than they are in sports where the sport is lifting weights. So that alone really shows you that lifting weights is is, is safe. Um, you could even take
1: the study further from there because I think it's like Olympic lift. So it's like I think out of all the strength sports, strongman is the highest. And I think it's mm. weightlifting. Then I think it's powerlifting. The lowest is bodybuilding because yeah. then obviously the, the absolute load that the lifting is going to be for most people, a little bit less. Yeah. So when it's, when you're looking at bodybuilding, it's so, so low. So just doing strength training in the gym, yeah. so, so low in terms of injury
0: rates. 100%, 100%. And, you know, with that, I think, you know, if you're, if you're doing it in a, you know, working with kids, you're doing that in a controlled manner, a good gym who can cater for it, who,
1: you know, who, know, good who know what they're
0: doing with good coaching, then it really is as safe as it, it's going to be. The same as you'd go join a football club, you'd get coached how to play football. You get coached how to play rugby. You know, you get coached how to how to lift weights. You know, safely and effectively. And really, with kids, I mean, you know, as long as um, you know, there's certain considerations to take, of course, but. You know, it is literally just like you know, very minimal resistance to begin with. Progressive overload. You know, it's not a whole lot different to uh, to train training an adult. There's, there there is certain things to, you know, to 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 think about. Um, you know, yeah, st- stability and most control can be a little bit different with with you know kids, for example. And because you know, a lot of young kids, especially, are like super mobile. That's something to be a bit wary of. Of. You know, con- controlling the, des- the descent on a squat, for example. But you know, again, if it's done in a uh, in a controlled manner with a good coach, there's absolutely you know very very minimal risk there uh, whatsoever. And of course, with building building strength and good athletic qualities, there's going to be not only small risk of injury in the gym. There's going to be less risk of injury on the sports field, yeah, as well. Um So you know, building up, you know, building up, you know, uh, strength. That's what we're trying to do in the gym is, you know, create force with the loads that we're lifting. But the sport is, you know, is about, you know, producing and absorbing forces, you know, get stronger in the gym. You know, the forces that you undertake in a game of football, you know, repetitive, you know, repetitive sprints, change directions, jumping, sprinting, turning, you know, there's a lot of force going through the body, and you know, if the if the, if the body's stronger, if you do good weight training. That's going to reduce the chances of, of injuries. And you know, the, there's always some risk, of course, but if we, you know, we can certainly reduce the, uh, reduce the risk of soft tissue injuries. Yeah, for sure. Um
1: So, yeah, I think I think there's so many other benefits as well of being like in the gym, like forget about like sports mm. as well like the confidence to be in the gym like right? for adults now you see people coming yeah. in that are so scared of going in the yes. gym so if you get comfortable being in that environment from a young age that is yeah, setting you up 100%. for a lifetime of not happiness but it's setting you up for a lifetime yeah. of, of physical activity which okay. is massive
0: I agree I agree I think it's such an important point I think like um, using um, you know two girls were trained down at MSC um, Amy and Lucy um, yeah Mick and Louise uh members of uh MSC and their, their kids come down. And I remember Mick saying to us like on day one was you know the the biggest thing for him and bearing in mind these these girls are super super talented like in their in their sports. Um you know very very talented. But the big thing for Mick, like even more important for than that was he was just like, I just love them to you know when they get to 15, 16, you know, 18, 20, yeah. whatever like training in the gym is just a uh, just a part of their life it's a normal thing and they they can go into a gym at 17 18 or whatever and feel completely confident in what they're doing and it's a normal thing for them they're not getting to that age where you know with a a lot of young people not not just girls but like you know you go into a gym and it's a bit you're a bit intimidated you're not really sure what, what you're doing or where to start but by the time they get to that age, you know, they're just turned 11 and 12. You know, they were 10 and 11 when they started, you know, by the time they get to 16, 17, 18,
1: like (laughs) five years and about. Five years of like good,
0: solid like training. They're going to be confident. They go off to uni or whatever. They're going to be confident in, you know, in what they're doing. And, you know, that was the big thing for him was, look if if they, if they make it great and like, you know, they've got, you know the, the qualities needed but the big thing is like making them like confident young women like when they grow up that you know it's just being healthy and fit and active and you know strong is is normal you know and making them tough as well you know which is cool
1: i think um yeah absolutely i think that's coming from mick as a, a background as a pt didn't he yeah so like obviously he's really passionate then about that lifestyle that you can get from it um, I also like like the discipline elements and I think mm-hmm. all people being involved in some kind of sport or, or like club like dance or something like that is massive so having like the structure to be like I, I train at a gym two to three times a week these are the times that I train this is my training program this is what I do the discipline and then motivation that comes with that to complete is massive as well for other elements of your life and I think having 100%. that as like a steady part of your life is huge 100%
0: yeah. 100% yeah yeah I couldn't, couldn't agree more I was even talking about that yesterday actually with um a, a client of mine Mark is uh I, don't know, I won't mind me saying an older gentleman but <laughs> he, we were talking about um you know he loves he loves sport he loves training the gym and you know we're talking actually about the the, the discipline of having like you know sport and exercise you know for it wasn't specifically kids but we we're talking about like you know, people who have, you know, problems in their lives or from difficult backgrounds and things like that. And just like, you know, it's such a massive thing logistically to like solve. I don't know if you're ever going to solve it, but like, you know, just putting that person in a football team or down in a, in a, you know, in an MSC performance in a community gym. Yeah. In a barbell club where it's like you're working in with your mates, you 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 each other. You you're getting better at something. You know, your, your discipline of turning up to something. You know, twice a week, you know, three times a week, or whatever it is. And it's so and quant- sticking at something. And it's
1: know. so quantifiable to like. I think like when you look at other sports, it can be like. Am I getting better at football? Am I getting better mm-hmm. at playing rugby? Can be hard it, to measure. It's it's really hard to measure, but when it's really quantifiable, like like lifting weights is. It's like oh, last week I did fifty kilos. Yeah. This week I've made some great progress. I'm lifting fifty five kilos. That is super easy to see the progress, and that is just such a good thing for people when they're struggling. Just to have that kind of purpose and say, oh, all my effort is really making a difference in what I'm doing, and that's just something that's really transferable to the rest of life.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And then yeah, on the topic we were talking today, like with with the kids, you know, imagine that. Like you're installing that that discipline, you know, the discipline and you know, mixed skills now, you know, they, they come in twice a week, They, you know, that's, a, it's a part of their life now It's the discipline of like, and they can see, they can see they're getting better, you know, it's, and, you know, the joy they get from that, like the, you know they're lifting a bit more weight or now they're able to do a snatch or whatever it is is really really cool you know they both want to compete now in weightlifting, yeah so another sport to add to the <laughs> you know millions i do already but like it's um you know the flip to that, that what you're
1: what you're saying is when i was 16 i went to a gym through like enrichment and it was just like you had a gym day pass and you could just turn up at the gym and you did what you want and i didn't have a clue i loved the gym i didn't know what i was doing in there but i loved going to the gym and i reckon from the ages of 16 to 21 i trained like an absolute goon same, so, yeah <laughs> what i would have given to s- girls now. Oh, man.
0: yeah yeah but under 21 they've had 10 years yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> experience training in yeah. the gym like you know i um, remember going to the gym and like
1: i didn't know like i didn't know how to control anything i was just going on random machine left So yeah. i didn't do any good structured training for about five years yeah to have that five years back of good training it would have been
0: huge so i just imagine going back and just like <laughs> yeah yeah just doing the basics, progressive overload, getting strong.
1: Learning good Twice control, good movements. Yeah. 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 I was going at like, I was super passionate. Like I was training hard. I just didn't know what I was doing though, And mm. I was just turning up and doing something. It was a lot better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like to have that opportunity no. to, and I think it's so much easier now as well. Like you've got the internet, there's more research out there. Obviously you have to then be able to dissect what is good and what is bad. Cause there's a lot of shit out there as well. But it's a little bit easier now, but if you can just find some good structure or a good coach or someone that's going to look after you and help you with a little bit of guidance in those early days, is huge.
0: Massively, massively. I think if you're a bit, if you're starting a bit late, you know, you're 16, 17, 18, you know. Late. Chances. <laughs> late in capacity yeah. is what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you're, uh, you, you probably can't, you know, you're probably not in a position to afford like, you know, PT, regular coaching, but there's probably enough like good sources out there, online coaches, like, you know, people, you know, like there might be at MSC and other good gyms where, you know, you can contact a coach and have an, you know, you can, you can do an hour, you know, you can, in an hour, you can learn some really good stuff about how to squat, bench deadlift, take that away with you, practice, Booking again a bit later down the yeah. line, that, that sort of thing. So I think there's, you know, maybe something, uh, something in that. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you're listening and you, yeah, you've got you've you've got kids and you're thinking about you know whether they'll be able to train down the gym, just get get in touch with a with a you know with a a gym, a reputable gym. gym. You know, I think an independent gym is your best way to go uh, with good qualified strength conditioning coach and um, go from go from there um and i
1: guess if you don't know where to start with there like if they're a part of a team speak to, to speak to the team see if there's anyone they recommend because they'll normally have a contact that will do some kind of gym and it's such a small knit world that yeah. they'll be like the team that you're playing for might know a gym that would recommend or they might be able to
0: help with yeah. a bit of a uh, gym work absolutely yeah Yeah. um To move into goal setting yeah Go for it. yeah yeah uh yeah so just to recap what we were saying at the start with um with goal setting i think there's uh it was just an interesting conversation I had the other day where, uh, sort of retired from rugby and he said, Oh yeah. People say to him all the time, you know, Oh, like, you you know, don't you need something to train for? And he was like, no, I love training. Like I just love the discipline of like, you know, you know, know, does three sessions a week and does a little conditioning session as a fourth session. Um, you know and it's it's just something he'll do forever like it doesn't need uh it doesn't need specific goals it doesn't need to say right you know we're going for a, a 200 deadlift on this next cycle he doesn't need right we're doing a half marathon so we're going to train for that just really loves training i like, just loves you know being um, as he calls it like fit for life you know he's a a dad now he just wants to be strong mobile you know, be able to run about a bit like, you know, and and be the best he can. Like he's not casual with it. Like he trains very seriously. But um and he was saying his his brother is very much like he needs that half marathon to train for. And then he's all in, you know. And uh just got me thinking from a coaching point of view how everybody's different um people you know some people are going to need those specific goals like we have our testing week with barbell club and sometimes people are really into that and it's like right want to hit that new one rent max other people maybe not so concerned um some people you know need that sport to be training for some people retire from sport and find it a little bit tricky so I yeah. it's an interesting interesting conversation it very much shows how people are different
1: you do find people that are in it for like life and they just enjoy the process of training. And I think they naturally gravitate towards training at MSC. But then you look at other places that do like the, the transformation kind of style stuff. And that's very much like 12 weeks all in. And that for some people is massive. Is it sustainable? Maybe not. Is it something you can do as a bit of a kickstart and then find something more sustainable after? Maybe. Um, but like... There's definitely the two camps of like internally motivated where I just enjoy training. Naz is a great example. Like she's done four sessions a week. She hasn't missed a week since we've trained. She hasn't missed a session since we started training. Uh, and she just loves training. Mm-hmm. And if she ever, similar to Matt, and if she ever missed, well, she's never missed um, a session, but if she misses a lift, it doesn't mass like it doesn't massively affect her if she doesn't get better she doesn't massively affect her. she just enjoys the process of training if it's going good or bad she accepts it it's not always going to be going perfectly but she just enjoys training and then you get other people that like really slack off if they haven't got a competition or something to work towards and they just find it super difficult to internally motivate and they're like why am i doing this like why am i coming to the gym three four times a week what is the purpose And then they get a competition booked in or they've got like a race or something like that. And all of a sudden they're in the gym all the time. They're training a little bit harder um, and people seem to fall into the two, uh, into one of the two. I personally, I'm very, I love training. But if I have a competition, it's just that extra few percent where I'm really starting to be a little bit more motivated and I try and, you know, dot the I's and uh, tick the T's or whatever they say, cross the T's. I try and, you know, get everything 100% while, if I haven't got a competition it might be like at 90 95%. It's definitely up another level if there is something in there. He's still the training, training and I'm still is training, still sense. love it, but just that extra little bit of a push if there is something in where I'm like externally working towards a competition mm. or something like that.
0: When you uh, when you do
1: eventually uh
0: hang up the wheels, yeah, what you know, which camp do you think you'll you'll be in? Will you be someone who, you know, you you're going to mm-hmm um booking a three peaks challenge and you're going to train for that that's going to be flat out or um are you going to be more the you know man Clark is going to be just loving training
1: you know? I like the idea of, of just training all the time and then having been in a position where if someone asked me to do it I can do it so um, I'd love to be like 15 yes. like I just training four days a week someone says do you want to climb Snowdon?" I'll be like yeah I can do it but oh, have you climate, have you trained for Snowden? I'm like, no, I just train and I can do but, it. But, um, I can do it.
0: Uh, yeah, I can do it yeah. on Saturday. Do you want to go and do
1: some sprinting? Yeah, sound. Yeah. I can do it. Yes. So I like the idea of yeah. uh, being kind of strong and fit enough to just yeah. be able to do any kind of challenge that I have.
0: And having the time to do it would be quite nice. It's probably one thing I would have to do with rugby. Like, you know, <laughs> when, that, when that's when that gone, is like actually just like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Snowden challenge or I can do. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: But I do think I'll always have something that I want to, wanna to, wanna to do. So if I if I could you know if I finish with powerlifting, which you don't have to finish with powerlifting. I guess you could do masters Rugby be as well, but like you, you can powerlifting could go on forever. But I would always like to have something I think to work towards. Um I'm not sure exactly what maybe yeah walking basketball. I seen a video of that the other day. Walking basketball so
0: yeah. that could be one for me next year. Um yeah I think I'd be like in the middle. I think like even if I'm not competing anything, I will still be Like Matty, I'll be I'll be training. Like there's no like training is going to be with me forever now. Like I'm never going to not you know train my whole life. Like it's ingrained in me now. Um, But um, and and I will just enjoy training. I think very similar to yourself, just all round qualities being strong as possible and being ready to yeah go and do a hike, go and play a yeah do do something you know. Um, But maybe those little you know. Set elements of spice. Every now and again, elements of spice. Yeah. Um,
1: I guess you know, the comparison of the, the powerlifting to you would be like you know like uh, you finish your season. Do you find that most people in rugby at the level that you're playing at, for like Bournemouth, do you find that they're more motivated right before the start of the season when the season's in sight? Rather than like, let's say they've had a month to kind of recover, recoup, and then it's kind of like off season slash pre season. Mm. Do you find because that's the time really to, to get the work in to make some noticeable changes? But do you find people's motivation is higher when they don't know that the season's coming in? I don't want to call it panicking and starting to yeah, pick no, things up a nice, foot.
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: 100%. So even for sports people, having the, the sport competition,
0: yeah, there's a deadline of like September of like, right, I need to be ready. So yeah, rather I than be, I need to be fit, July September. putting
1: in the work. When you get to pre-season, it's like fucking. Hell, I've got to get in shape. Yeah they've, yeah, they've missed out on all that time, and all of a sudden they're, they're going for it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, there's that definitely definitely comes into it. Middle of the way through the season is a bit like okay, I'm just doing what I can, like just maintaining or whatever. When you get to when you get to the uh, when you get to, yeah
1: when you get to the goal setting thing, do you think people that are like internally motivated, like they. Like Matty Clark, do you think will focus more on like goals? Like, okay, my goal is to turn up to the gym three times a week for mm. fifty weeks a year. Yeah, rather than saying I want to hit a two hundred kilo squat.
0: Yeah, and he he's, uh, he actually does that, and um, he's a bit of a bit of an admin uh, admin knows. Um So literally, <laughs> like, it every year, he, like he keeps an Excel sheet yeah. of like. Monday to Sunday, he just literally puts like across whatever, in the in the days he's done, and his his big proud thing is he hasn't missed a Monday for like four years or something, mm. you know. So there's definitely that sort of, you know, that sort of goal, and it it will literally at the end of the year, you know, Christmas it'll be like right in the 52 weeks he's like right I've done a, you know 176 sessions nice you know for for the year and like so that's definitely one of his. His, his goals and like i was saying earlier i didn't want to make it sound like he hasn't got any goals like he has his you know he wants to you know, he wants to be as strong as possible in terms of specific numbers and things maybe that is a bit more of the. i don't want to miss a session yeah. i want to be consistent i want to like enjoy my training i want to be like injury free yeah we have
1: to say to people when they talk about like you know your initial goals and the goals are very rarely i want to train four times a week forever they'll often say i want to do this i want to hit this yeah. number And it is incredibly tough when it's like not fully under your control because you could do everything you could possibly do and not squat 200 kilos. You could eat well, you could train well and still not get that specific number, just might not be there, but you can control turning up four times a week. And you can say like, I'm going to have optimal nutrition or like, I'm going to have a post workout meal, pre-workout meal. I'm going to hit my protein target five out of seven days a week you can have all these numbers that you like these are my these are my goals and they're not like externally motivated and the things that you can um, the things that are fully in your control is mm. probably a better goal than saying I want to win the league at rugby well, which good. is not based off your performance it's based off everyone else
0: yeah it's you know cliche but like controlling the controllables the the, controllables, the, the things that are in inside your area of influence yeah um, you know so yeah like rugby okay are we you know is it is a goal you know to win the league like okay you know tough one you know got promoted like you know in the last season or first season in this in this league is it a realistic goal you know um maybe maybe not but what you can you know the goals you, you can set are right we're gonna hit you know as a team X amount of training attendance on average or what we're gonna do you know we're gonna um you know, we're going to complete, you know, we're going to win 80% of our scrummages or whatever. Like, you know, you, you're setting goals that you can, you have more of a chance to control, you know, rugby is a bit more, extended. Yeah, you, got, you come against a good scrum and like you, you might not, That's you it. might not get that. But so it's a, bit, it's a bit easier in the gym, but like certainly in the gym, like with your health and fitness, you control what you can control. And like you say, like, you know, I can, I, I can control, going to gym, you know, training three times a week, every week for the next 10 years, can I hit a 220 squat? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe not, but I can do everything I can. Yeah. You you know, you have a, you know, you, you, you pull a hamstring, you know, you do all that, you do all the rehab you possibly can. And you control the controllables. That you you can do all that rehab. You can reduce your chances significantly. Now, look, it might go again, but you've controlled what you can control, and it's in the lap of the.
1: But that's like yeah, if you set the goal with the. You might say, um, I'm, I want to. I don't want to get... My goal is to stay injury-free all year round. Mm. It's super, super tough because you could just get a hit from the side. Fun, something could be slightly off. But you could say, I'm going to do everything I can to stay injury-free, which is I'm going to do my strength training three times a week. I'm going to make sure I'm sleeping. Do my forearm drills. Do my forearm drills. I'm. I'm going to make sure I sleep eight hours... Five yeah. days a week, especially like a couple of games, a couple of days before games, I'm going to make sure my post-workout nutrition is on point. So you can't say I'm going to stay injury-free, but you can work backwards from that and say, what is the best way to stay injury-free? These are the goals that I can control. And it's the same with like what you've just said about the scrummaging. You can't say, because you might go against some phenomenal teams, yeah, but you could say, okay, what can we do to wins more scrimmages say i'm going to turn up to training twice a week everyone is we're going to try we're and get 90,
0: 30 minutes on tuesday yeah what? we're going to have
1: a 90 attendance for training minimum and we're going to work on scrimmages for this amount of time and that's going to increase chances then of hitting the goal which you can't control but you're doing everything you can to actually hit that goal and i think that's a better thing to do so i say like for powerlifting i want to hit a 250 squat i say okay that number's hard to say but what i can do is when i go to the gym i'm lifting with intent when i turn up i'm training four days a week hard i'm trying to eat the good foods i'm trying to keep my sleep on points i'm trying to take the supplements and all of this then is in control and these are the things that need optimized to hit the goal but the yes. number goal is difficult to say but i do yes. everything i can to yes. get together school takes care of itself so uh, you used um, to say uh um, train hard compete easy or <laughs> train <laughs> easy
0: compete hard was, that used to be uh, your saying didn't it great man that said that with me um it's, uh yeah, The school Takes Care of Itself um, is actually a book I, I read a couple of years back, um, American football coach, uh, Bill Walsh. And it's a really interesting book, actually. And it is literally all about um, immaculate preparation, you know. And, and it, it, as, a, as a coach, he would, you know, talk about controlling controllables, everything that he could possibly do to prepare that team the best he possibly could for that day was what he went all in on 100%. And then the name of the book, The Score Takes Care of Itself" is literally, you know, the the players went onto the pitch. It's It's in the lap of the gods. Like, it's kind of like he's done everything he can to prepare that team, you know, to do the absolute best they can. And because of that, the score will look after it. So, like, you can't, you can't, um, you know, control the opposition. Yeah, you know, you can I was
1: thinking about that when you said that so... about the uh, the goals of like winning the league. But uh forget about winning. It. Let's say that's a bit too high. But let's say you want to come, as don't know, top, top of the top, top, top ten. Top let's yeah. say, let's say top half of the league, just for the sake of this come You want to come. How many's in the league? Sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. I want to come in the top eight, and you come ninth, but you've done everything fantastically well. And mm-hmm. You can be super proud of what you've done, and you've left questioning nothing. You're like, Do you know what? We've come ninth. We set the goal of coming top eight. We've come ninth, but we've fucking trained hard. We've done everything yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that be better than saying, like, then, then, then coming eighth and have like blocked, like, done it half-assed and said, well, actually, if we'd have done all this properly, maybe we'd
0: have come a little bit higher. I don't know which one's better. but Yeah, like, no, you got it. You got. I think there's, you know, I think, um, yeah, doing everything you can and finishing that that place below like is is more fulfilling. For sure, um you know, not everything's
1: a lesson. sometimes it just doesn't go your way. sometimes
0: you just say, "Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. It's just you know it's life, it's life, yeah. but um yeah, for sure. I um yeah, it carries over to anything in life, isn't it? like if you uh you know, if you prepare it well, you're controlling what you can you're doing everything you can and, um, you know, something doesn't quite, you know, work out, then, you know, uh, you go to a job interview, you prep, you know, about the company inside out, you've done yeah. your CV immaculate, you turn up, you present yourself well, you, you know, you, you look good, you, you, you speak well, and then employ someone else. But, you know, you've done everything you can. Now, you can't get upset about the things that are out, you know, that are not in your hands, you know. Uh, yeah. Is there anything I
1: could have done differently? Yeah, if exactly. you question that, then In- yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, so uh, anyway. mm-hmm. decent. Um, RPEs, intensities, yeah, things like that. We we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, we had a yeah, we've
1: had a couple of people join um, Barber Club recently. Slightly different kind of style of training they've had previously uh, to what they've had previously, where they've been kind of doing the 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 quote unquote brawsy split. Uh, where we're with the barber club it's three strength sessions a week very much um, uh, full body sessions so one day is a bit more squat dominated one's a bit more hinge dominated the one again is a, is a bit of a variance of the squat um, we normally work in that kind of sub-maximal RPE so like a few reps in reserve um, trying to build up through this phasic structure of kind of building towards a heavier week four um, and that some people just feel like they're not really training that hard so just going to talk a little bit about kind of the benefits of like training slightly more so maximally the benefits of allowing yourself to progress through a training block and kind of looking at it from like a holistic long-term approach rather than looking at it as like individual sessions and individual weeks so and then a little bit about like how you can be a bit more accurate with your your rpe's
0: i think the thing to to begin with is saying like you you don't need to be training maximally every week you know, I mean, very rarely indeed, like, you know, most of your training can be sub-maximal and, you know, that, that's how you're going to make uh, make the best progress. Um, so I think it's probably important to just know that, that, you know, we're not saying like you need to be looking at, you know, training at 100% intensity all the time. Um, and then within that, I think one of the things we want to talk about was, you know, some people just aren't pushing hard enough. Some people are pushing too hard. People
1: people definitely fall into one of the two camps where they're either trying to do way too much, they're trying to do all the sessions, everything to 10 RP, or there's people that just aren't applying things probably as hard as they could do, which is absolutely fine, but then if you question why you're maybe not making as good gains as other people, then maybe taking a closer look and having a a reason why that is happening is probably a good idea too. Um, The people that are training too much, I mean, it's a nice problem to have when someone wants to do too much. Mm -hmm. It's... A lovely problem compared to not wanting to turn up to the gym. And it's just trying to apply people's intent in the right places because you want people to work hard. You want people to be mindful in the gym. You want people to be training hard, but within the kind of some maximal constraints that we've put on. And the rationale is, is when you look at like hypertrophy gains, the benefits of going to failure are very, very, very minimal. In fact, there's probably a detriment to them. And you look at like the amount of fatigue you're going to create from a set of going to full failure or like failing a rep. The effect that's going to have on the next session, the effect it's going to have on your next set, is probably going to have a more effect on your overall training volume, which is then going to affect your training outcome compared to someone training at different RPEs, anywhere from between like six to eight RPEs, probably a typical RPEs. Mm-hmm. Um, someone spending a lot more time in that kind of range is going to be a lot easier to accumulate good quality work um, and have a better have a better set after. So if you can do three sets of six at seven RP rather than doing one to 10 RP, then the next two sets being at detriment. But then also the next session as well, especially when you're doing kind of that full body approach uh, where you're doing like heavy squats on a Monday if you're going to failure come Wednesday, your deadlift's is probably going to suffer. Yeah. But it's the same with doing the bodybuilder split, where if you do bench press to full failure, your next exercise, which would typically be the incline incline dumbbell press, yeah. um, your output on that is going to be so much lower from taking things to full failure that yeah. it's going to be a detriment to the overall process of trying to get stronger slash bigger. Um, so I think it's just the education on there, But then also like, taking into account like your your phasic structure that you can't train to 10 rp every single week and you're trying to learn to like kind of learn where to push and where to ease back and Mm -hmm. it's another conversation i had in the week with one of my clients is like talking about like the repeated bout effect and kind of training a rep scheme over a multitude of weeks and actually adapting to that stimulus and allowing yourself to kind of progress towards like a good week four or week five or however long your training blocks are. Giving yourself a chance to progressively get better at those rep schemes, adapting to the specific adaptations that you're training, Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to get stronger through that block and then having a really good finish
0: on week four. That's where you don't need too many changes week to week, like in the micro. You know, like sometimes, like a lot of my programs, like in you know, an off-season, for example, might be three sets of six week one, three sets of six week two, three sets yeah. of six week three, three sets of six week four. You don't it's have... actually like it's actually just quite a similar RPE, but because I'm getting a bit getting stronger, stronger and I'm feeling a bit better, I'm getting a bit fitter and stronger. Like the weights naturally going to be a little bit better, exactly. And I'm maybe pushing real hard on that week three or week four. Absolutely, because that's that, we have the change of stimulus with different exercises, it's different gone. reps, rep schemes, and things like that. Literally, you know? what you've just said, because some like some people do like the
1: escalating RPEs. You might do six, seven, eight, nine RPE, which is fine. Um, but then, like. Sometimes they might map out what they want to get. So they might say, okay, at nine RPE, I want to get 100 squats. So mm-hmm. the week before, I'll do 95, then 90, then 85. And that linearity sounds fantastic. And you think, oh, wicked, like I'm going to get five kilos stronger every single week as the RPE goes up. But you're not then taking into account that you're actually getting stronger from that stimulus. Yes. So you've probably got to start slightly lighter and then maybe take a slightly bigger jump, especially towards mm-hmm. the end of the block. It's super like you think, oh, it's going to add five kilos every week. But week one, let's say you've had a deload, you're slightly weaker. Your max might be 10 kilos or less for that day because it's a moving target. It might be 10 kilos or less than what you're typically doing. You come into the next week, you're a little bit stronger, but then you might get a lot stronger from the last two weeks, take a bigger jump. So that's why we use the RP as well is to then take into account as the weeks go on as you get stronger from the stimulus your jumps might get bigger and at the start they might be a little bit smaller yeah um but if you overshoot on that first week and then create that that fatigue and um, debt coming into week two you're not able to to push as well as you wanted to week three you do the same number week four it might finish a lot less than if you started a little bit lighter gave yourself a chance to progress while still hitting the rps and Ultimately, yeah. your body doesn't know what the weight is, it's just looking for the stimulus. And if you're hitting at least a six ish RPE, you're going to get a good enough stimulus for hypertrophy as well as strength. Um, so it's knowing when to push within that block and when to kind of ease back a little bit. Yeah. And I think typically we're right, asking people to, to scale it back a touch and then push on a little bit towards the end of the block. And when we say easy back, we just mean like be slightly more conservative with your RPE, just don't overshoot.
0: Yeah, 100% comes from experience, doesn't it? I guess in terms of like you know, some people might be listening and saying, "Well, how do I know? How do I you know?" But it's a bit bit of trial and error, isn't it? It's a bit of you know, obviously getting some good coaching helps you know massively and will save you a lot of time. But you know, it's um yeah, it comes from training age, doesn't it? I was going to say because
1: coaching helps, but you have to take some accountability for like choosing your your you can't ask someone say mark can you have a look and tell me should i do 110 or 112 but you can have like a number that you do like i've got a number on deadlifts i'm sure you've got one on trap bar where you might be like right i'm going to do 200 on the trap bar see how it feels and then i can make a decision from there and you can oh my last
0: warm-up yeah my last warm-up felt
1: slightly slower than what i normally would want it to i'm going to ease it back or i feel fantastic i'm going to push it on well Um, we have the
0: the amraps don't we which we keep you know we use to keep the uh you know the barbell guys honest
1: i i love amraps we don't do it all the time but probably do a couple of times a year uh where we use it to kind of calibrate people's RPS. and it's we've got it this block actually so week one's fairly easy um i think they've got like especially for your accessory exercises you've got like two sets of ten at seven RP, let's say And next week you've got two sets of ten at seven and then one set as an amrap yeah so in theory if you've done it exactly right that set of 10 you should only get 13 reps and then you should be done some of the numbers, like, see, some people get like nine, <laughs> like some people get like, uh, yeah, so the it to 10. Other people, they're getting like 27 reps. If yeah. you if you do more than 20 reps on a set of 10, seven RPE, you're training at zero RPE, which yeah. means you're nowhere near heavy enough to get the stimulus
0: that you want. You're not heavy enough to get the stimulus, you're nowhere near what you're capable of. You're a lot stronger than you think, or maybe you're just not, yeah, maybe you've been a bit lazy. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's brilliant when we've done it before. It's uh, you can really see who's, um, yeah. you know, yeah. got it got it right with the RPEs and who's just like yeah. trading way under where they could. Be. Yeah. Um, and that's a cool thing. Like yeah. you know, you know, then and a lot, you know, it 90, is education. It is... Of people will be like, shit. You know, I could be doing a lot. You know, I could be trading a lot harder. It gives them the confidence then.
1: Could you say six RPs to someone?
0: Yeah. And they're thinking, wow, that should be really
1: easy. Actually, yeah. a, RPE, right? it's, a it's, set it's... of six Bulgarian ball split squat, a set of 10, a six game ball squat, six RPE. Honking. I've got to be honest, I don't think I've ever done a Bulgarian split know. squat to
0: a six RPE. A dumbbell Bulgarian split squat, like, if you. the only time I've ever got, I think, honestly, <laughs> up to like six, seven RPE, maybe, maybe eight, is like, safety bar, like, hand support, where I'm like, yeah, yeah, caning, like, yeah. sets of three or four. Yeah. Like, dumbbell like as as an accessory you know that's what is one of my main movements um as a as a accessory movement a dumbbell bulgarian split squat like have i ever been above three rpe like wow yeah because that is that is that's a a, you're searching into the depths of your soul but a doing a genuine seven RPE bulgarian split squat like that's hard. So you've is got one as well. reps in reserve. You got like three reps in reserve there. That's hot. That's hor- Absolutely horrifying. Yeah,
1: yeah. But well, when someone's coming in and saying like, "Oh, like I'm not feeling sore," is is these training sessions hard enough? And you say, "Well, okay, last week you did 15 kilos on the Bulgarian split squat." You do AMRAP and then this week and they get 25 reps. You know, like, well, you can see now. And it just helps people give that visual and that kind of understanding of where the RPE should be because no one fully understands where it is. People get the idea of not going to full failure and then they, they swing too far the other way and they start to miss the RPE fully. But once you've done an AMRAP and you're like, okay, I've missed it by 10 reps. Yeah. And then you can start to apply that into your own training. I think it's massive just to, just to calibrate the
0: RPE. I just think it's yeah. funny as well to see people like struggling on a set like that. I love it. Like, it's just funny. Especially, right? like, the machine work and, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can time, push safely. You can push safely, and it's, like, go. go and they're, like, uh, like, yeah, I think I'm done. And it's, like, you like, literally got nine fast. reps left. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, get it done. And just pe- taking people outside of the comfort zone into that. Like, there has to be a place for that in yeah. the world still of, like, don't See be soft. See what you're made of, yeah. Don't be soft. See what you're made of. We had and, like... One set, it's all you know, and such then, a rare thing, but like, and I think once go, you've got just the... go, What have you got? and like, you know, that might be something you yeah. know, I, I love like training in pre season, off season, because I will have like those moments where it's just like absolutely Time to work. Um,
1: but if you uh if you've got that information, then and you might say, Do you know what? I can't do that every week, I don't want to do it every week, I don't want to do a split squat mm. to six week. fair enough, but at least then you've got the information say in your back pocket, it's Okay. I'm not getting the results I want. What can I do differently? Well, actually, yeah. when I did the end maps, I was way off. Because not everyone... I mean, I don't want to do a 6-RPE ball game in split squat every single time. But... If I'm like, okay, I really want to gain some more mass on my quads. What can I do differently? You've got the understanding of them to do it.
0: Okay, I've got a lot more room yeah. in the tank to push that.
1: I'm really excited oh, for uh, no. one of the uh, one of the people from Barber Club was telling me that they they, they don't very often get sore from the sessions. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them do their accessories, and it was very very low RP And they were like, oh, I don't think I could do much more. And I'm really excited to watch them it next is. week. And I'm gonna like be standing behind them on lap pull down as They're trying to. Like, again, no, I'm done. No. Again. <laughs> like, still got like another ten reps. Yeah. Like, Look, yeah, 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 we can this a little bit more. yeah um i was going to talk about like the soreness thing as well because like we know that muscle soreness is like novelty is the thing that creates muscle soreness we never judge the session by how, how sore you are getting but then when we're talking about like pushing these RPEs, like typically in the program the higher rep stuff that's on like the machine where you're shortening the muscle seems to be what we're pushing a little bit harder than any time you're lengthening so like a hamstring curl is not going to create as much fatigue as like an rdl you're lengthening through the hamstrings obviously there's more things that happen in there but like you're able to push these accessories pretty much all the time around like a leg extension to full failure versus like a leg press it's just completely different kettle of fish um, and you can probably do the leg press to full failure and you probably train the day after and you would be okay. You'd be sore at the time. Do you think, do you think we should be pushing harder on our accessories? Generally speaking. 100%. I can't see. It's something I'm asking. out
0: of it sometimes. Like where it's just like, right, big lifts are done. Oh, accessories. You know, you, you, go through the motions, you, you're getting it done. You know, is it, you yeah, know, do you need to put your foot down sometimes? Obviously as a,
1: as a newly, uh, single man, my, uh, desire to push my bicep curls has got a little bit higher
0: recently I've seen you yeah. <laughs> breaking sweat on that. but um,
1: a, genuinely girl. like I've, I've, I've been pushing my accessories way harder not just like bicep curls but like leg press leg extension i did leg extension on on monday and tuesday and my legs were so sore immediately after the Day after i felt fine but I've, I've been pushing my accessories so much harder and i've got no mm-hmm full proof of it but i feel like i've gained some good muscle mass i feel the I,
0: do you do you feel any extra fatigue when you No, i feel the fantastic
1: session? and i have to say one of it was one of my clients um amy that she she mentioned that she didn't like doing rpe six or seven at the time i was programming lower rpe accessories
0: yeah
1: and it's something i've massively changed my opinion on now where i'm like
0: I, c- pull down nine rpe going. why not
1: like it, why, why, it's not yeah, gonna affect yeah, your yeah, deadlift yeah of extension to what 7rp do it to the 9rp because the problem with it is is when you're saying 7rp if you are missing it by one or two
0: yeah uh, it's e- even just, if yeah. the 9rp is not a true 9rp you're within the ball, RP, yeah, you're like, in the ball mark yeah
1: you're in the ball market where it needs to be yeah. and it's just not going to create the f- kind of fatigue that you need to worry about like doing if i do a deadlift to eight or nine rpe i'm fucked like, I'm done then. Like, if I yesterday I did one to about seven, if I'd have done another couple of reps today, I'd be fucked. And then Friday, it'd probably be out the window. So, yeah, squats and deadlifts is that kind of progressive where I'm building it up over the training block. Week four, I'm having a big week, and then I take a deload week, and then I go again where i trying to start a little bit higher than week one, but you know, starting lower than we 4 and then building it back up again yeah. but mate absolutely but pushing your accessories
0: leg extension a, a good, hamstring I'm yeah. pushing
1: it all all the time yeah. now, and I feel great for it as well do you know what Luke I'm going to have that
0: as a goal is that internal it, yeah. it motivation I think, I think I'm guilty of um, I um you know I do I do train hard but I think with the accessories sometimes I do pony about a little bit and I do go through the motions. Um, I'm very strict now. Like I'm back to old school, like time and rest and stuff like that. Um, but am I, you know, am I really pushing those accessories? Um, especially at the moment when I'm not even got the excuse of, you know, play. I mean, we've just started preseason games, but yeah. like, not, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like this is the time to absolutely go full goo. Even if there is a, fatigue element that is going to affect you the next day it's like so what I, train hard and so yeah. I will over the next month and you can ask me how it's going in I did a next not, week I, or whatever and uh, keep an eye on it. I will, I I I will hard on my accessories and even in season I think you you're fine I think you can use it, is it I think you can use it as an excuse sometimes I think like I think when I, when I first was a you know proper s and keynote and a you know, in the early days, i still done a lot of the research by then. I was really like anti, you know, the whole uh, in seasons maintenance, in seasons maintenance. I was like, no, no, there's still, there's still ways. If you do this, if you do that, you have your high days. And this is 10 years ago. Like, you know, if you have a hard day here and then, you know, you can train high frequency, but mm. you know, less intensity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, over the years, sort of draw that back. And I'm a bit more like, nah, do you know what, in-season maintenance, blah, blah, blah. I think you, you can definitely go too far yeah. that way. As in me, as in myself as a, a player and a coach, but also the S&C world in general, and even some of the top coaches, your know, well most well-renowned coaches in the world, I think go you know i think they do sometimes go i'm always go need to go back to that mindset 10 years ago or at least find a little bit of middle ground yeah yeah. find that medium which you know shock is normally the way of you know where you know where it should land i've actually like do you know what like on a monday like you know game saturday recovery sunday train monday okay it's not going to be the hardest session in the world like you know but those accessories like come on, like, I can yeah. push those, like, you know, and I think that's something where we've all got a bit soft, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, that
0: might be something for the upcoming. The, the time,
1: the time thing is interesting as well. Cause when you say, oh, I've only got an hour, like, oh, I don't want to train longer than an hour. Cause I've got the rugby training. Like as soon as you start timing your rest periods and be a bit more mindful of that. You get so much more working as well. You might say, I've only got an hour yeah, to train and then, what? yeah. Yeah. leanne did a, a powerlifting session yesterday in 55 minutes like she had to get in and out because a dog was on um
0: and she didn't warm Park up the law, sir. yeah like
1: <laughs> mate she was like she say, you've oh, got I'll three walk.
0: hours to train you'll use yeah. three hours to train she's got an hour you'll do it you'll she find says i'm only
1: going to do deadlift and bench and then actually in the end she got all of her training done and it probably wasn't optimal because she supersetted everything she didn't warm up for deadlift but she could have easily done that in an hour longer, yeah. But, yeah she yeah. could have done that in an hour and 20. And like it's like okay, so like there's no excuse really. Full like, powerlifting session, good standard, like hour and a half, two hours max. Like sometimes it's three hours, and you, and you look at it, you like you're taking six minutes between you that like, pulled out, which probably isn't ideal anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, be a bit more intentful with your accessories.
0: That's Push a, it to that's a nine RPE. That's, that's a lesson. That's a lesson to take, isn't it? Yeah. Today, yeah. Um, I think it's a good place to stop. Do your accessories, kids. Do your accessories. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Ciao.